Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, August 9th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. It's been seven years since Michael Brown Jr.'s death. Two prosecutors have declined to file charges against the former police officer who shot and killed him. Brown's father says the fight is not over. I'm going to ride this to my death. So whatever work I have to do to try to bring this back to the light, I'm going to do it. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson has that story in just a few minutes. Illinois may not see broader restrictions aimed at slowing the spread of the coronavirus, even as most of the state experiences high transmission. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the governor continues to stress vaccines instead. The COVID positivity rate in the Metro East has been above 8% since late July, and hospitalizations have consistently increased in that time, too. A year ago, those metrics would have spurred new restrictions for local businesses. But Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says the state is beyond that specific mitigation plan. We live in a world now where there are vaccinations available to everybody, and what we're trying to do is address the vulnerable. Pritzker made those comments when announcing the state's mask mandate in schools last week. He says further restrictions in Illinois are off the table because the vaccine is available. Pritzker says his administration is focused on protecting those who are most susceptible to coronavirus. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Data from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services show the vaccination rate for nursing home workers in Missouri is the third lowest in the country. Only Florida and Louisiana have lower rates than Missouri's 47 percent. The numbers also show more than 80 percent of residents at nursing homes in the state are vaccinated. Nursing home workers were among the first group eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The Missouri Independent reports some nursing home officials in the state are concerned that the low rate among employees could eventually lead to the return of restricting access to residents. The federal court district that includes St. Louis is looking to make some pandemic-era virtual options for civil cases permanent. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the proposed rule change. In almost every civil case filed in federal court, the parties have to try to reach a settlement. It's known as Alternative Dispute Resolution, or ADR. When COVID-19 hit, most federal courts in the country made it easier for people to conduct ADR virtually. Now, the Eastern District of Missouri wants to keep that in place. The court's clerk, Greg Lanares, says a survey found participants were satisfied with virtual ADR. He says the language of the rule tries to keep distractions to a minimum. We still require that persons who are appearing remotely be physically present in front of the camera, that their sound be turned on, that their video be turned on. The court is accepting comments on the proposed rule change until August 12th. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. African swine fever has been detected in the Dominican Republic, the closest it's been to the U.S. in 40 years. The country is working with the U.S. Department of Agriculture to control the disease and is prohibiting slaughtered pigs from leaving. While humans are safe from the disease, it is highly infectious and lethal for pigs. It's also difficult to handle. Andres Perez is the director of the Center for Animal Health and Food Safety at the University of Minnesota. If we use that meat and, and process the meat and, and use the, the meat for, for feed or food, 
potentially that will still be infectious. Same situation with the environment, with supplies. So it, it's, it's really, really difficult to work with the virus. He says vaccines are still in development to treat the disease. Currently, there are no cases in the U.S. The University of Missouri is hiring its first female athletic director. Desiree Reed-Francois is leaving a similar post at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, to guide the sports programs in Columbia. She is replacing Jim Sterk, who is stepping down. Reed-Francois is the second woman to be named athletic director at a Southeastern Conference school. It's been seven years since Michael Brown Jr. was killed by then-Ferguson police officer Darren Wilson. His father, Michael Brown Sr., and stepmom, Cal Brown, have been working to preserve his legacy through the Michael Brown Chosen for Change Foundation. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson spoke with the Browns about their son's legacy and how their family is working to heal. I'm definitely in a a place where uh, working on coping and understanding the coping process and trying to move forward for the rest of my family. The family is really uh, still in disbelief and still have questions and still don't understand why this happened, uh, especially the little ones. But we just keep them encouraged and um, keep the fight alive. You were hopeful that the officer who killed your son will be held accountable with a new prosecutor in place. That didn't happen. Are you still hopeful that accountability and justice will happen at some point? Of course. I'm working on a few things right now, sending some rooms to try to get some some laws in our favor as being black folks, brown folks, you know. So that that that's definitely still on the table. That will never get wiped off the table. Hopefully, if not with this prosecutor later on in the future, this can be brought back up because there's no statutory on uh, murder. I'm going to ride this to my death. So whatever work I have to do to try to bring this back to the light, I'm going to do it. What does accountability and justice look like for you at this moment? Darren Wilson spending the rest of his life in jail. It wouldn't necessarily be justice. But it would be accountability for taking um, Mike's life. What about you, Mike? Be honest. Death penalty. Accountability, of course. I feel like uh, this person should not be walking around hugging his family, waking up to his family, and being able to live a regular life uh, while we over here hurting. Um, Like, this incident never happened. Last year with the murder of George Floyd, it was a big turning point in the conversation surrounding police violence, accountability, defunding the police. Where do you see this conversation going and who should be leading it? Well, everybody keeps talking about justice. Justice would mean our children would still be alive. Thankfully, this cop is being held accountable to some extent for his actions. I would say the families have to lead this conversation. It's not a movement without the family's voice being first and foremost. I feel about the same way. It's a big thing for their family to know that they love and got justice. Uh, sadly, their love one is, is still gone. You know, um, we had conversations with other people when they were asking us, how do, do I think that the families feel? I can only speak for myself. It's still not satisfying. You know, we still shouldn't have to go through this. This, this should not even happen. So much has happened in the past seven years. 
As people reflect on that time, what do you want your son's legacy to be as the conversation surrounding police violence and accountability continues? So many things have changed, so many different laws, so many policies. Um, they're told to wear body cams and officers are beginning to be held you know, accountable. So I, I think we want him to be remembered as the change agent, the person who, who lit the fire and it went wild. Because if you think about it, there wouldn't have been a George Floyd, a Breonna Taylor, a Maud Aubrey, a Dante Wright. And sadly, the list goes on. If Mike Brown Jr. had not been murdered on August 9th, 2014 and laid in the street for four and a half hours. What do you hope for your son's legacy, Mike? Just for people not to to forget. Some people will not forget. Uh, got people that go on with their life and forget the story or what happened that day, you know, but uh, just the truth. That was Michael Brown Sr. and his wife, Cal Brown, co-founders of the Michael Brown Chosen for Change Foundation, speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson. Our Maria Altman edited that story. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.